Brock Purdy's surgery scheduled again on his elbow uh, at the end of the week, Friday. Some names that the 49ers could be considering in free agency at quarterback. Lots of rumors out there coming from the combine. And Robbie Gold looks like he's on his way out of the San Francisco 49ers. Maybe some clues about the 49ers offseason from one Jimmy Ward. Will he be back? All that and more coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker on Twitter. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, we've got lots of combine coverage to come and start to get into some specific prospects, Croc, later on in the week and go back and, and look at some film after we've seen some guys work out at the combine. But today's more about the rumors that came out of Indianapolis and the rumors that came out from the combine. You watched Jimmy Ward's IG live uh, and might be able to take some things away from that. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But first, uh, the, the first thing that has to happen for the 49ers before they can make decisions on what they want to do at quarterback in the offseason is see what the results are from Brock Purdy's surgery. Is it the six-month timeline? Is Do they get in there, look at his elbow, and find out it's a, a, a much longer timeline, more like a Tommy John type of surgery? So what's the surgery actually going to end up being once the the docs get in there and look at, at uh, Brock Purdy's elbow? And now we do have another date. It is going to be Friday, March 10th, Croc, that Brock Purdy is finally going to have his UCL elbow ligament surgery, which... Incidentally, Croc, very interesting timing here. So Friday, March 10th, is now the new date for that surgery. And exactly six months after that date, and they've talked a lot about the six-month timeline, if it is the repair with the internal brace and all that. Six-month timeline puts it exactly on September 10th, which is NFL opening kickoffs. <laughs> what are the odds? <laughs> right. But again, that is... In six month timeline, is that all right? You are cleared to go full go, and had he been doing any full go stuff prior to that date, and, and I think that's going to be the big question, right? As it pertains to that specific day and what it means, which is obviously the opening week of the NFL, right? And the, the way it's been explained before, and, and we'll get a better timeline once the, you know the actual doctors that perform the surgery will will let us know what's happening there, and we'll have a new exact timeline. Is it six to seven months? Is it five to six months? Uh, but what we have heard is it's six months about till there, till Brock Purdy would be most likely completely cleared. And once you're cleared, there's no like ramp up. You're you're already ramped up to six months, and then you're cleared, and you're out there, and you're playing, and you're throwing, and you're full go. But the throwing program could start three months in. So I think those are the real checkpoints here. The first checkpoint is you know Friday or Saturday we'll find out how the surgery went. Oh, surgery went great, no hiccups. Did the the surgery that they thought they were going to do, the, the ligament repair, internal brace, six-month timeline, he's supposed to be able to throw it three months. And then, you know, after three months, then we'll see where Brock Purdy is. They'll be able to check in, which will be after the draft at that point. And then they can see, okay, three-month timeline, he's on schedule now. He's starting to throw. And so I think that's the, the first couple of checkpoints here with Brock Purdy is obviously what surgery they do how that outcome was, and then the first time he's supposed to be able to start throwing, and we'll see if that coincides with whatever OTAs and if he's able to throw on the side, and, and we'll get those sort of reports. Um, but the other thing that could happen is it could be a completely different surgery, and then I think, Croc, that's where you start to have a very different um, – and look, it's perfect timing because free agency is going to start next week. So the 49ers will have the information of, okay, Brock Purdy had his surgery. We know what the surgery was. We know what the timeline is supposed to 
be for his recovery. And then they can decide what kind of quarterback they want to go get. But Croc, it has to make a big difference, right? If Brock Purdy, you're expecting him to be back and cleared somewhere around the, the kickoff of week one, or he could miss into the year, deep into the year, or even the entire year, that definitely changes your plans as far as a, a veteran quarterback on the roster goes, because at the very least, you're going from a quarterback three to needing a quarterback two, right? I think it's risky regardless, right? Like just in the sense of like, okay, is, is it going to be fine? Okay, the timeline is this day, opening day. Uh, I don't think you want to go into the situation or that week only feeling confident that oh, Trey Lance, that's the only guy that we could like potentially start. Because you don't know if there's going to be a setback. And we've seen that with some guys where it's like, hey, it, I mean, just Trey, uh, Trey Lance. Trey Lance snapped his ankle. And the initial timeline for that, uh, although Kyle Shanahan came out and said, oh, he's not going to play the rest of the year. But the timeline for that was a certain time to where it's like, uh, you know, playoffs. <laughs> this guy, he could potentially come back. Even if he's not active, even if he's maybe active, but he's in the reserve role. But he could come back. Like, that was what the timeline was of it was. And then it was like, hey. There's something bothering me a little bit in my foot. Like, just it was rubbing or whatever it was. So they had to just go in, remove that so that he wouldn't have that irritation. And then it just changed the timeline of him coming back. And I know that in a perfect world, uh, Brock Purdy will be just fine and it will all go according to plan. But you also have to prepare for, well, what if it doesn't? And, you know, you have a certain level of confidence in Trey Lance. Hey, you've been here. You know, okay, he's very talented. Can he catch? Whatever, right? But I don't think that can be the only insurance that you have. I, I do believe that in some of the names you'll, and you'll go over who they've been throwing out there. I, I think you kind of have to go and get a guy. And if you have three guys that could potentially be the starter uh, and you have to pay another guy, like so, so be it. Because the last thing you want to do is get into a situation like, or actually, I don't want to say a situation like last year. You actually want to be in a situation like last year where one quarterback goes down and it's like, oh my goodness, oh, is, okay, but it's Jimmy Garoppolo, we're good. Jimmy goes down and is like, oh, my goodness. And then Brock Purdy comes in and is like, oh, man, he's played the best. We're actually really good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you were good with three quarterbacks. So I, I think you want to ideally be in that type of situation. Again, e even uh, while it, I guess it's more of an ideal situation when you're not paying Brock or Trey a bunch of money, right, like $20, 30000000 million a year. And just to get through training camp, you need three arms. So the 49ers are going to have to add two to Trey Lance already. So that's going to be a veteran and a rookie or maybe two veterans or, you know, maybe two rookies, maybe a, a mid rounder and an undrafted guy or something. They have to add two guys. And, and it's pretty clear that they're going to bring in some sort of a veteran and John Lynch at the podium at the combine and, and to other reporters later, he kind of talked about that. And I think it's, it's pretty clear that's the route they're going to go, but there's a very different level of, of free agent quarterbacks out there. There's the very cheap ones. There is the Easton sticks and the, um, the Nick Mullins and the Nate Sudfelds. And then there's the Baker Mayfields. Crock and Albert Breer said the name Baker Mayfield for the 49ers. And when I heard that name, I thought that is probably the worst fit I can think of for the. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Baker Mayfield potentially being the free agent signee for the 49ers to come in and, and compete with Trey Lance in camp? I like, I like Baker. I think I like him a little bit more than other people. Remember, I mean, this was a guy who I was like, Hey, they need to go sign Baker Mayfield. And, you know, he just kind of has this moxie about him and kind of this gunslinger mentality. And I think the ball comes off his hand pretty well, a nice little pop. Now, 
you know, the Rams fans, they might be upset with him. He had a chance to knock off the Seahawks, or not Rams fans, excuse me, Lions fans. Lions fans might be upset with him. It was overtime, he kind of threw that lollipop of a uh, deep out route. He was kind of late, and he yeah. got picked off. And uh, that sent the Lions home and sent the Seahawks to the playoffs. But, I don't know, man, you, you kind of watch this, the experience. It's turning around a Cleveland Browns organization that had been in the dumps and, you know, had playoff appearances with him and, and winning a playoff game. There's something about him. And I think the, the other part about him is that I think the 49ers and their locker room could, like, fix him. Not saying that he's completely broken, but just, hey, man, look, this is how we do things here. And this would be a good spot for you to learn the right way. Not This is not the Cleveland Browns. This is not the Carolina Panthers. Well, you like him a lot more than the Nick Bosa does. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> so those, those are you, you touched on. So just as far as who he is as a quarterback and what he could be, he's had a very up and down career tumultuous, the same in college as it was in the NFL. And it's kind of mimicked his, his college career. He's kind of up and down, but There, there's there's multiple reasons why I, I wouldn't like the fit. And one, you mentioned it's locker room. Is he a good locker room guy? Is he the type of guy that's going to come in and be like, oh, cool, I'm going to be quarterback two, quarterback three. Let's mentor this young guy. I'm cool with that. I, I just don't see that being his person personality. I just, so I don't know if that's the fit. Maybe the 49ers locker room is so great that you know it could help him. And he's been humbled at this point in his career and been knocked down a peg and then comes back. The other thing is how much would he cost? So you're going to pay a guy a lot of money that you're hoping doesn't actually play. I don't know if I love that aspect of it. And then would he even want to join the 49ers? Because I think if your age, if, if you call, if you call his agent, you're trying to lowball him anyway on a salary. And you're like, yeah, we want him to maybe come in and be quarterback three. You think Baker Mayfield's gonna be like, yeah, that's cool. I'll come in and back yeah. everybody in the world. So I just don't see the fit at all for Baker Mayfield. So I think he's gonna be too expensive. I think he's a bad locker room fit. And uh, I, I think he's probably wouldn't be willing to do it. And looking at the report from Albert Breer, he wasn't like reporting what he had heard. He was kind of just throwing his own thing in there where it's like, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Baker Mayfield was on the list of players for the for the 49ers to reach out to. Um, it would also signal a little bit more of a, a lack of faith, I think, in in Trey Lance, too, if they were to go get someone like someone like Baker Mayfield. And the other thing is they had a chance. They didn't even claim Baker Mayfield. They, they were in trouble injury-wise. Sure. The 49ers didn't put a claim in. Only the Los Angeles, because the 49ers wouldn't have got him anyway because the Rams were higher on the waiver claim list. But when he was released and he was available, the 49ers didn't even put in a claim. So that tells me that they weren't even super interested in him for free last year. You, you know, and I don't think that it means that, oh, they just don't think Trey Lance can play at all, and that's why you get him. Like, I don't think it would be that type of lack of faith. I think it would be, and maybe there is a little something there, but I think it's more about, like, can you stay on the field? And not just him. Like, Brock Purdy, can you stay on the field too? Because Brock Purdy, I mean, you know, he played in games, but that whatever was it, oblique that he had hurt and he was really banged up trying to like, and it looked weird, right? The Seahawks game looked a little weird. Some passes yeah. started to look weird. He threw bad interception uh, or uh, the, the ball that hit Diggs in the chest should have been an interception. Like, you know, there was some things where it was like, uh, it's, it's looking a little weird. Oh, but he's hurt. Right, like he was hurt. Like, okay, we understand. And then, uh, obviously, the playoff game, and then not his fault at all, right? He got hit while throwing the ball. But I guess, you know, it's like, well, it's not Trey Lance's fault at all. Like, the the guy, like, 300-pound uh, guy jumped on his back and his ankle snapped. So, 
you look at it like whether it's faith in Lance to be able to stay healthy or uh, Brock Purdy. I mean, that would be a question. So those are reasons why I would try to bring in somebody like Baker as well. Now, again, if I am Baker, I say hell no. Right? Like I want to be a starter. Like I started for Carolina. I started for Cleveland. We won a playoff game with me. I, uh, you know, started for the Rams, <laughs> won, won a couple games. And, hell, whoever the next team is, I think he wants to be able to fight for that opportunity. Three more names, Croc, were thrown out there on the veteran free agent market by Mike Silver, who's been pretty plugged into what's going on in the 49ers building. And one of those names is one I've been bringing up recently on the podcast. So we'll talk about those names, those potential fits for the 49ers and free agency. Next, uh, what did Jimmy Ward say about uh, the 49ers offseason and the potential quarterback situation in uh, his Instagram live and Robbie gold looks like he's on his way out of the San Francisco 49ers organization next today's episode brought to you by our good friends at built bar. You are looking for a delicious treat. I know you are, uh, but when you reach for that delicious treat, it'd be nice if it was still delicious, but didn't have all the fat and calories, right? Well, then you got to try built bar. Uh, vanilla cream is the newest flavor of built bar. And if you listen to Croc last week, he said, you better hurry if you want the, the maple donut puffs. Yeah, they're gone. The maple donut puffs no longer on the website at Built Bar, but tons of seasonal flavors, tons of the classics, and you can find all of them at Built.com where healthy is actually tasty. Uh, what makes them so good? Well, for starters, most Built Bars covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right. Absolutely real, delicious chocolate. And unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut, almond. And most Built Bars are only 130 calories and have only 4 grams of sugar, but a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you can get Built Bars on store shelves like Walmart and your local Sam's Club. Head into the pharmacy section at Walmart, get a four box of cookies and cream or double chocolate. And if you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box of hit flavors like brownie batter and churro. And then you can thank us later. And of course, you can find all the flavors and all the varieties of Built Bars at Built.com. Okay, Croc, this report from Mike Silver and some names that the 49ers might consider. And he said, quote, the 49ers, depending upon the outcome of incumbent starter Brock Purdy's elbow surgery. It's interesting that he framed it that way, by the way. Incumbent starter Brock Purdy. So Brock Purdy, starting quarterback for the 49ers. Trey Lance, number two quarterback is, is kind of what he's saying there in this one quick uh, sentence here. Which is scheduled for Friday, the surgery. The 49ers will be seeking a veteran to pair with the 2021 first-round pick, Trey Lance. Quote, Matt Ryan, Jacoby Brissett, and Andy Dalton are among those being considered. Your thoughts, Croc, on Matt Ryan, Jacoby Brissett, and Andy Dalton as those veteran quarterbacks. Do you like that or make her may feel better? I like Matt Ryan. You, you kind of turned me on to it, and I think in this type of situation, it's a – Hey, you know, if someone isn't ready, whether it's Brock Purdy or Trey Lance or whatever, Matt Ryan could start. And I think you have a lot of guys that can really help him along the way. Uh, the weapons that the 49ers have, understanding Kyle Shanahan's scheme and what it is that he's asking, or kind of being that mentor to the young quarterbacks, Brock Purdy and Trey Lance, and and understanding his role. Like, all right, you know, I, he is sound like, and you never know, kind of quite behind the scenes. I, did you watch Any Given Sunday? Did you watch that movie? I did, but it was so long ago now. Long ago. Uh, they had a quarterback named Cap, I think his name was, and behind him was Willie Beeman. And Cap had to learn how to be like this kind of backup guy, right? Like while Willie Beeman kind of did his thing and and 
he he at home his wife even slapped him like you're not a backup like you're a starter and he was kind of embracing his role and saying like you know it might be time for me to retire well has matt ryan embraced his role as hey man you just might be a backup and if you could do that then i think it'd be definitely a really good kind of situation for not just him but the 49ers as well because history shows <laughs> you're probably going to play at some point if you play for the 49ers so uh, i think having him as the third guy in line or hey you know looks weird with the other guys now you got to start him i think kyle would say you know what I, I i can i can do some things i can figure it out with matt ryan even at his older age and if you're putting your kyle shanahan hat on here, let me flatten my bill a little bit here if you're putting your kyle shanahan hat on and you are looking at these quarterbacks of course he's going to love matt ryan especially if they come in at the same cost and so the it's a weird fit because, and that's why Baker Mayfield doesn't fit for me because the 49ers could need a quarterback one in week one. They could need a quarterback two. They could need a quarterback three. And whoever they bring in kind of has to be okay with any of those roles. But it is an opportunity to potentially be a starter for a team that might be looking at a Super Bowl. Uh, so it's uh, it'll be hard to find a player at, at the right price that you feel good about starting games, but you're not spending a lot on, and they're cool potentially being the number three guy as well. And so I think if Matt Ryan's at that point in his career where he wants to chase a ring with the 49ers and be okay with being a mentor if it's necessary or starting games if that's necessary and would come on a, a contract that's maybe incentive-laden if he does start a bunch of games, get paid a lot more like Jimmy Garoppolo was last year, then it starts to make more sense to me. And I know that will be Kyle Shanahan's first choice, just thinking, you know, the success Kyle has had with Matt Ryan, how smart Matt Ryan is, knows the offense and all of those things. I think it'd be a really nice fit, uh, but it'd be more up to Matt Ryan than anything wanting to take on that role. Otherwise, I'm, I'm probably trying to just get the cheapest option I can uh, out of all those veteran guys. I, I think you touched on kind of Joe Flacco in that type of situation. I think those guys, by that time, they're kind of ready to embrace that type of role. And hey, man, if I got to play at some point, great. I'll be ready for it. But maybe i don't want to take all these hits all the time and if i can get paid a few million dollars to be a backup cool if you need me holler at me <laughs> yeah and it's funny because can can kyle talk somebody into that you know because maybe matt ryan's like ah about time i retire because and he hasn't by the way still not a free agent hasn't gotten released yet by the by the indianapolis colts even though he's expected to can you talk him out of retirement for not that much money you know, in that sort of a role, would he be cool with that? Or is he like, ah, I'm done. I, I'm a starter and that's it. So th that's a tough thing. You don't really know what, what any of these guys were thinking, but um, Andy Dalton's an interesting name too. I don't think he should cost too much, but if he's going to ask for $8 million, it's just, I, I think it's too much. I'd rather just bring in Nick Mullins. You know what I mean? Because <sighs> the bottom line is you're hoping these guys don't have to play. And if they have to play, you're hoping it's like one game. So I, I want to, if they have to play more than one game, I would rather Matt Ryan than Nick Mullins. Oh yes, absolutely. That's why you. That's why I think Kyle would go to Matt Ryan first and and try to talk him into that that sort of a contract that makes sense to where you are going to get paid if you're starting games. If not, you might be more of a mentor. I think Matt Ryan would be really good for Trey Lance. I think he'd be great. I think he's a perfect fit for that. And, and Brock Purdy, of course. But I think just yeah. if from just hey, like this is how you be a pro. This is how you do these things, and some of the things that you know Trey is still trying to learn. I think Matt Ryan would be somebody that'd be really good for him. Yep, he always had seemed like that sort of coach on the field type of a guy. Clearly, Kyle Shanahan he looks like a teacher. So, likes his, yeah, he looks looks like he should be a school teacher. He's and Kyle. Part of the th reason Kyle liked Mike McGlinchey is because he was related to Matt Ryan. He like thinks that highly <laughs> of family. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, 
that's a that's an interesting one there for me is is Matt Ryan and and now we're seeing someone report that there could potentially be interest there which is uh right. which is a development and uh I wouldn't be shocked at all Matt Ryan is ends up with the San Francisco 49ers and he could fit in a number of scenarios for the 49ers if he's willing to take on a certain role but then I also wonder it would Matt Ryan be would, would Kyle Shanahan be going like oh hey Matt Ryan guess what you're the starter no matter what now I wonder if that could be a, a potential possibility because he's like, oh, Matt Ryan, are you kidding me? And he's thinking of 2016 Matt Ryan. He's like, Here's the job, dude. Here you go. Here's $15 million or whatever, you know, or $20 million. Like, I, Could it be that scenario? And that would be a little bit too much. Of I don't think so. I think it would be more like what he did with Jimmy Ward, right, where it's like, bro, do you want to ride the bench? Right? You know, like, we'll figure something out for you, but, like, this is going to be your role. The one thing about Kyle, he's very upfront with his guys, and I think, uh, you know, he just has this really open relationship, and they understand him, and he he understands these players and kind of what they need. So I think when it comes to Matt Ryan, he might tell them, hey, you know, it's not 2016 anymore. It's, it's just not. So I'll help you. I'll put you in the position, but, hey, man, be good to these young guys, and if need be, You'll be out there, and I have confidence that you can get the job done. But, you know, right now your time has kind of passed you a little bit. And it probably hurts a little bit to hear it, but you know, it would be the truth. <laughs> he'll know He'll know when the team that just traded for him is giving up on him already and cutting him. I, I, he'll have to have that real look in the mirror, I think, already, that moment. Yeah. He's like, am I going to hang him up? Am I going to ring chase? Is anybody else calling me and offering me a starting job? He'll probably wait for that. Because a lot of these guys, like whether it's Mayfield or – would you rather be the, the number two in L.A. if you're Baker Mayfield behind Matthew Stafford, if you're going to sign the same contract anyway, than potentially being the number three with the 49ers? Yeah. Um, would you, you know, are there other teams that would, would that would sign Matt Ryan to be a stopgap that are going to draft somebody, you know, in the first round? Um, Houston so Texans. It just depends on, right, it depends on the, and the Colts might be one of those teams for a different quarterback or the, the Raiders. So there's, there's a lot of teams like that that are going to need a starter, even if they draft the guy, because they won't know if that starters is hailing outside right now. I don't know if you can hear that, but it's I out. heard that. Yeah. Um, wild weather over here in California. We, we swapped weather crock with you in Arkansas. All right. Yeah. Um, anyway, next let's talk Jimmy Ward dropping some hints on IG and Robbie gold. What the heck are the 49ers going to do at kicker? Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, midway point of the NBA season now. It's actually past midpoint. It's getting pretty close to the nitty-gritty as teams making a push for the playoffs. I'm, I'm sure the, the, the Warriors are going to hold off the, the Lakers there for uh, the Western Conference, but America's number one sports book, FanDuel, you can bet on everything NBA, everything college basketball tournament, and new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win just download the FanDuel sports app it's safe secure super easy to use and you can bet on everything from money line to point scorers to three pointers drained plus FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same game parlays so major league baseball you can bet on snooker at FanDuel and of course NFL futures draft props uh, tons of fun things to get involved with including the NFL still even though it's the offseason at FanDuel. Don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Robbie Gold is gone, Croc. He's out the <sighs> door. He's done ski. 49ers got their long snapper locked up. They got their punter locked up. 
what are they going to do at kicker? Do you roll in with a with a rookie kicker for a team that has its sights set on big time games, big time playoff games, and needing some big time kicks potentially to win those games? Or are you looking at the free agent route? We we kind of talked about some of the guys. I think I mentioned Joe Netney last week, and I like the fact that. When the Niners needed a kicker, they went and got a veteran. Whether it was Robbie Gold, Joe Netney, uh, David Akers, right? Like they, they go and get a guy who has been there and done it. And I really like that philosophy. I did see some people tag me on something about or asking, hey, man, you know, how would you feel if the 49ers drafted a kicker in the third round? Absolutely not. We've been there, right? Like we've talked about it. Uh, no, you, you do not do that. You get either a free agent, you get a free agent veteran, and you get a free agent rookie and you let them battle it out in camp and whoever wins the job wins the job if a rookie so you know does it then awesome but it, i yeah i i don't like the question mark surrounding it because i had so much faith in him every time he went out there but you know i understand the business side of things i'm just surprised that it just it feels like there it wasn't even a an option for him to return <laughs> Yeah, it was just like, well, I'm done now. I'm I'm, I'm leaving, and that's it. And, and and that was sort of what the report was. So, good luck to Robbie Gold. I don't know if he's going to end up back with his hometown Chicago Bears or somewhere else, or if he's just hanging him up. But it sounds like he's going to hit the free agent market. Doesn't want to be back with the San Francisco 49ers. Um, the two big names that I've seen out there that make the most sense for the 49ers. One on the rookie side is Jake Moody from the University of Michigan, and the other is Eddie Pinero, who was with Steve Wilkes in Carolina. And had a really nice year last year, but he's bounced around and hasn't been someone who's going to command a huge contract, even though he had a really good year. So uh, either one of those guys makes some sense. I, I, I kind of lean, I, I lean the same way you do, Croc. Get a veteran and then see what happens in the draft. Look, third round, no. I, to be honest with you, I'd rather draft a kicker at 102 than draft a fourth-round punter. At least a kicker, you know, games are on the line with a kicker, and they're putting points on the board. Um, I, I still don't want a third-round kicker, but, you know, I, I would rather had – Jake Moody than Ty Davis Price last year. <laughs> Price is running back, you know. Not to say the kickers are more valuable than running backs, just that um, it just depends. And the 49ers have kind of been that team where they put themselves in a – they put their backs against the wall in the draft where they have to get a, a position, right? And that's what it, that's why they drafted the punter so high because they're like, well, they even traded down at the beginning of the fourth round because they're like, we're going to draft the punter right now. And so we might as well trade down before we do so because this is stupid. This is too high to do this, you know. No offense to, to – uh, Mitch Wisnowski, he's a good punter. He's fine, but he, you didn't need to draft him in the fourth round. And so the 49ers, I could see going into the draft and just not having a kicker and be like, man, we don't have a fourth round pick. Is this guy that we like as the best kicker in the draft going to be there in the fifth round? And then spending pick 102 on, on Jake Moody, say. I, I could totally see the 49ers doing that, but I'm with you. You get a veteran kicker. Eddie Pinero makes perfect sense, you know, if he doesn't cost a whole lot. And then you maybe. You could draft a guy, undrafted free agent kicker. Uh, they have seven picks in rounds five through seven. I wouldn't have a problem with a fifth-round kicker, sixth-round kicker, seventh-round kicker, undrafted free agent kicker. Just don't spend one of those third-round picks on the kicker. Yeah. I remember watching the kickers battled out in training camp with the New York Jets. It was, uh, gosh, who, what was that kicker's name? He was kind of not, not chunky, but a little bit bigger, bald. Uh, I can't think of his name right now. Oh, Hall? Was it Hall? No, nope, not Hall. If, if I heard his name, but I saw him kicking recently for like the uh, New England Patriots. But it's just it's just interesting between him. Longwell was there with him, so Longwell was competing with him. I don't know why I can't think of his name right now. But Longwell was competing with him in camp, 
and uh, the other guy won. But it's like, you know, he's still like in the league. And that just shows you, you know, as a kicker, it's just, you know, there's just ups and downs with these guys. But at the end of the day, they kind of rotate through teams. And I don't know how big of a difference there is from one guy to the next. I think like the difference between Robbie Gold and another kicker is probably like two more makes and a couple less misses on extra points. Yeah, and and Robbie Gold had been so good in the playoffs, but it's not like he was kicking huge game winning kicks anytime recently for the 49ers. Uh, Packers game, Packers game, yeah. Uh, and that was a game that was had a lot to do with special teams too. So that, that was and with game. who was it the Cowboys kicker that was missing all the extra points? I mean, Brent just think Bar- about yeah. some of these tight games that the yeah. 49ers had to play in, and if they would have missed that extra point in some of those games, like what would that look like? You know, how, how would that change the tra- trajectory of a game? But I wouldn't mind a, you know a, a new younger kicker with a huge leg that can kick it out the end zone, out the back of the end zone, you know. And uh, can hit, uh, Jake Moody had a 59-yard field goal for Michigan uh, against uh, I don't remember what team it was, but um, you know he, he I don't think he's thought of as this like great great kicker where teams are going to be fighting to draft him super early, but might be the best kicker in this draft. I don't know. So good good kickers in the draft always worry me because I mean it's just the Aguero. One yeah, and, I mean, they drafted early and they just don't turn out to be any better than anybody else. Janikowski went first, first round. Great. <laughs> yeah. Um, tell me about what you saw on the the Jimmy Ward Instagram live. <laughs> I didn't see it. Yeah, so one thing about Jimmy Ward, he doesn't hold back much, and he was talking about just kind of the process of free agency and uh, you know, kind of the 49ers process, things they might run into depending on what they're looking for for safety. And he's telling you know the fans like, you know, if you guys want someone better than me like they're gonna have to pay and they just don't got the money like that to go pay somebody so yeah you can try and go get a jesse Bates, but you're gonna have to pay him 15 million dollars a year are they gonna want to pay jesse Bates 15 million dollars a year if they do then or you can say goodbye to guys like robbie gold and mike mcglinchy and um some of these other free agents that they're just gonna lose out on and that's understandable like that's why i always say when it comes to the salary cap it's not a myth but you can go get a guy that you want you just lose some other guys and that's what he was kind of alluding to. Uh, he talked about his play as well, saying, look, I, I wasn't opposed to playing nickel. I was just mad that they threw me in there without any like work at it. So in training camp and OTAs, he was lobbying for them to give him reps at nickel. And they just wouldn't do it. And he's like, look, if somebody goes down, I'm going to be the first guy in to play nickel. Like, I need these reps. And then training camp came, and they were giving all the reps to uh, – uh, Will Mack and obviously like Lenore kind of you know and there was somebody else I can't remember the I think uh, Quez yeah 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 Quez so you know all these other guys getting kind of reps at nickel so he didn't get it but then the guy goes down who's the first guy that has to go play nickel Jimmy Ward so he just said you know it kind of took him a little while to get it and he's talking about how look nobody in the league watches more film than him and that like you know so he was very open about that but the one thing that he shied away from talking about too much was the quarterback situation. And he had positive things to say about Trey Lance. He had positive things to say about Brock Purdy. He talked about Trey Lance and, like, you know, things we know, man. Like, man, dude's arm talent is off the charts. Like, that's why he's a first-round pick, et cetera. And then he shied away. And I and I even commented in there. Like, no, 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 you got to tell us this. He, he must have not seen my comment. But the, he – he has a theory on why he believes the 49ers pushed back his surgery and he elected not to say it, but I think you have some thoughts on what it might be. So I kind of want to hear your theory a little bit. 
Okay, so my theory with all of this, and there's a lot of conspiracy theorists out there that have kind of been talking about this, and uh, you know, Florio at Pro Football Talk, and even Silver mentions it in his article, and it's the scenario of Brock Purdy, especially if his 2023 season is at risk at all and could potentially miss all of it or miss a, a really good chunk of it, and they know they won't have Brock Purdy at least you know a month into the season or something like that. Would the 49ers go try to talk Tom Brady out of retirement? Because Tom Brady was going to be a free agent anyway. So Tom Brady's a free agent. If he wanted to come out of retirement, he could sign with any team in the NFL. Would the 49ers talk? Real, real quick, did you see like what just came out recently? No. By now, it's the Dove Climbing guy. I think re- re- reporting it, but uh, so you know, I don't, I don't know where he's hearing this from. Or, might have been referencing Michael Silver's article. A lot of times he steals stuff from other people, but yeah. they said something about or Rich Eisen brought up. You know, he's hearing that it might not be final and keep an eye on Miami. So I don't know. I don't know. Now, he didn't say 49ers, but he said Miami. But go ahead. How shocked would you be if Tom Brady was talked out of retirement again? Not shocked at all. I wouldn't be super shocked. It would be weird for him to do that again and be like, well, why are you deciding to retire? Just wait. Well, the 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 part for me is just he's hella old. So this is in my head. It's like this guy is old, but you know he, he still. And I didn't like. I didn't like. The, obviously, I like the 49ers kicking there, but but I don't like seeing Tom Brady just look helpless. I don't like the end of career any stuff when when an all time like I always talk about Jerry Rice, whereas like his cornrows started in the back of his head and yeah. he played with the Seattle Seahawks. I don't want to see that. Nobody yeah. needs to see that. And I love Jerry you, and any of these guys. If you getting want to cut play, by the Denver Broncos, like yeah, <laughs> like play as long as you want. I don't care. But you know your your legacy is just it looks weird. And like I think LeBron is like, I think his legacy would have been. I mean, he's all time great. Obviously, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. LeBron. His legacy's hold on. His legacy's fine. He, the only player that's probably more overrated than LeBron in sports history is Reggie Bush that we talked about last week. So. Oh wow! Listen, I'm <laughs> I am. Um, historically I've been somebody to push back on a lot of LeBron James talk about the greatness and all that. I will say this at this stage in his career, averaging like 30 points a game, nine rebounds, six, six seven, six, whatever it is, is pretty amazing. Like for it's, him to be 38 years old and he's actually still playing it. Like now he's not as freakishly as, as athletic as young LeBron, but for him to come into the NFL, I mean, NBA, with the expectations that were on him, it was like, he's the king. He's the chosen one, right? He got that tattooed on his back. And actually, like, not just live up to it. 20 years in, he's averaging 30 points a game. That's kind of amazing. It, yeah, it, it really is amazing. And, his body's and kind of breaking down, though. But Yeah, right. I mean, it's going to, especially when you put that much wear and tear on your body. By the way, I just saw recently Jordan. And, and Jordan with the with Charlotte is another one. It's like Jordan wearing teal. It's like, no, nah, man, you wear you wear red. You know, Wizards, teal. Washington Wizards. Oh, Washington Wizards, I'm sorry, yeah. Washington Wizards. Uh, you wear it like this. It just doesn't look right. Like, I don't want to see yeah. Jordan. He looked, it looked like he was 30 pounds heavier instantly when he put that color on his back, too. You know? yeah. like, what? That doesn't look right. Like, I don't want to think of Wizards Jordan. By the way, Jordan, Jordan, when he was 38, 39 years old, uh, played 82 games. Oh, yeah, incredible. I mean, that's but seeing back in the day how they how they did that. Like, and, yeah. um, but like again, like I don't want to see Jerry Rice and the Seahawks. I don't like I, I just, just legacy wise for someone like LeBron James, just seeing him within all the different uniforms, all different teams. I just like you don't associate it as much with this one thing. And I just think it 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 it, it hurts your legacy somewhat and seeing a bounce back and forth between the uh, the Cavs 
And, you know, because he's like the Akron kid, you know, Cleveland. If he'd have been with Cleveland and they won all these titles and be like, damn, this guy is Cleveland, you know, I, I, I don't know. It, it, yeah, it, no, I, I feel the same way. It's cooler as a fan. It's like, whatever. These guys do whatever the, the heck they want. I, I, I tell you, you the, those death rattles at the end of guys' career in weird uniforms. It's always like, yeah. that was an ugly bit of, of your career. And I don't want to see that with Tom Brady. And I don't want to see him bad with the 49ers for multiple reasons. Right. Yeah. Out there looking like, uh, gosh, Matt Hasselback. Wait, who is? No, no, Trent Dilfer. That's who played at the end of his career, kind of with the Niners. Oh, right. Yeah. Trent yeah, Dilfer. Dilfer. I mean, Dilfer was never like, you know, but then it was like when the Niners, it was just like, wow, this is really ugly. I think about late career, like Joe Namath, because um, I think Joe Namath and a lot of the real old timers, too, like Johnny Unitas, there was more video footage of the end of their careers. So when they talk about a guy, they'll show Joe Namath. They're like, oh, yeah, Joe Namath. And they'll show like some super old, like last year of his career. And he's decrepit <laughs> going around. It's like, is that guy 60 years old? Playing? Like, oh, what's going on? And uh, it's just like those images and those are the last images you have of guys in their career. All right. So so you're saying that you think the 49ers just or 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 reports or what they're kind of alluding to is maybe they're just trying to see, hey, you know, let's push it back. And Tom, Tom Brady, there's some room for you to come in here. I think that's probably what people who want to have fun and talk about it and have conspiracies about it that's probably what they're thinking you think that's what jimmy ward is thinking that's probably what he was gonna say that's that's what i'm guessing is something along those lines but in reality it's like this doctor is trying to do the best for his clients right elbow and career so i don't think there's anything weird i mean it's weird the whole situation how long it's taken to get this surgery done but it's not like the 49ers are pulling strings behind the scene to make it take longer for him to come back that doesn't make any sense at all right and like we said, I mean, he went and got a second opinion and it felt like a third opinion and they're trying to figure it out. What's the best course scenario? And and when it was coming off from Ward, it felt like he was kind of saying he thinks it's more the 49ers kind of pushing this thing back. I don't think that's quite the case. But if they were, again, you said he's thinking maybe Tom Brady. I'm thinking it's just, Trey Lance, this is your last opportunity. That's what I think. I think, all right, we'll push it back. And, hey, we know what we have with him, and we know what he can do. But, Trey Lance, here's your, here's your, there's no excuses. There's no anything. You got the whole offseason. You got all OTAs. You get all the reps. This is your last opportunity. We know what we have with him, and we are just fine with him being started. We can even tell everybody he's our starter. But behind closed doors, we're telling Trey, hey, everything's a competition. Go out there, compete, put your best foot forward. You're getting the, the snaps in preseason. All right, because you know uh, Brock's not going to be out there. So here's your opportunity. And if I spent as much draft capital on a guy as the 49ers did for Trey Lance, I would want to give him this by this uh, opportunity by default as well. This is your opportunity by default. Guy got hurt. We were we were thinking he's going to be our starter. All right, but here's your chance. And we really like you. We like your upside. That's why we trade up for you. Go show us why we did that. And if you can't, then all right, we got our guy. But we're going to give you an opportunity to do that. Hey, and if it looks good, you know, uh, Brock, maybe we can have you start on the pup team or pup, pup list. And now you got four games. So now you get a chance to earn it. Because what we say, I don't think that there's anything he can do between OTAs and training camp to outweigh what Brock did in those in that seven games. Just in the sense of, you know, with his teammates, how they feel about him and things like that. So now, hey, you go out there, you do good. Okay, it's looking good. You know what, Brock? Take a few more weeks to really get acclimated, whatever. We'll start you off on the pup list. Trey, you're, you got one more opportunity. Here we go. 
Now this is your chance to win over your teammates. All right, like the, you got you got you got to string together back to back starts first and foremost and finish them, <laughs> and then can you play two more games and can you win games? And if you could do that, then hey man, maybe we're cooking with something. If you can't, then we got Brock. We're good with what he is, where he's at, and he'll come back and hey, let's rock. And we got our guy in Trey. Uh, nice knowing you. <laughs> we will not be picking up your fifth year option, and. We can either trade him in the offseason if he's worth anything or whatever. But, like, I, I feel like maybe that's where Jimmy was leading, where it's you get an opportunity. Like, this is your last chance. Let's see so where. Like, the 49ers are trying to save themselves an opportunity to see the, the Trey Lance development through and give him one more shot, legitimate more shot, shot, start for a month at least, and see if he's the guy. Because if he is the guy, it makes you better. It, the conclusions that everybody has come to for him is has been in – legitimately four starts mm -hmm. four four starts yeah and they've come to a conclusion on what he is and what he isn't and i need to see it i need we to see know. it over hopefully like to before I, I can come like if i'm them before i can really just i am done with this experiment i need to see it and hopefully he does enough to earn that opportunity and if he doesn't got brock purdy let's go Thanks, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure you check out the brand-new Locked On NFL Draft. Damon Keith coming at you daily, doing a fantastic job there. And, of course, the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Subscribe to the brand-new YouTube channel and hang out with us every single day talking 49ers with me and Croc here. We're talking NFL with Matt Williamson on the Peacock and Williamson Show. we got you covered every day on the Locked On Podcast Network. Talk to you tomorrow right here, Locked On 49ers.